welcome to Knife Making Down Under podcast episode four. Um, today we've got a very special guest uh, with us, Mike from uh, what is it, Big Bad Swords or something? <laughs> Big <laughs> Bad pr- Swords. Pr- pr- <laughs> Yeah, I prefer to think of myself as being from YouTube, but yeah, I was on TV briefly uh, with a show called Big Giant Swords. It was originally going to be called, is there swearing on this podcast? Yeah, no? do whatever you fucking oh, like. Yeah. yeah, so it was originally for the the, whole, the working up until the last minute, and then Discovery Channel said, we're afraid Americans will be offended. And so it got changed to Big Giant Swords. What was and it so, before? It dropped out. Sorry, did that drop out for you guys? Oh, it was it was just big fucking swords. Big right? fucking swords, yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm trying to think of a TV show I've seen with fucking the title. I'm not sure I have. That was what the Discovery executive said. <laughs> they were like, "We know, we know it's catchy, and uh, we know it's like like very attention grabby, but we just we can't do it." And uh, yeah, so there was a big arguments back and forth. I own BigGiantSwords.com because they changed the name of the show. They changed the name of the show from Big F and Sword. It was, I think they, they argued it down to Big F and Swords. And I was like, oh, well, that's okay, I guess. But then I heard at the last minute they changed it to Big Giant Swords. And so I was like, they didn't tell me. And that's stupid because it's big and giant right beside each other. It should be like two different words. Um, so I, I went and I said, has anyone bought BigGiantSwords.com? Oh, no one has bought BigGiantSwords.com. So I bought it. And then I met a GIF of myself push like naked standing behind a stack of jenga like a jenga tower pushing one of the jenga blocks out with my willy and then that was that's what was on biggiantswords.com and i said okay guys so i own biggiantswords.com and this is what biggiantswords.com is are you sure you want to keep the name of the show and they were like we've sold ads to advertisers mike it's done we've sold like there's advertising already been sold we can't change the name back and i was like oh that's a real shame <laughs> and, uh, so i but then finally they agreed that it was an irreversible like they convinced me they managed to convince me it was an irreversible decision and i said ah oh, fair enough and they said can we have big giant swords.com now can we have it and i said fuck no you can't so i still own it to the state it's mine <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe they just didn't buy it instantly. Like, imagine if, like, any of those other shows, like, the, like when, you know, like, if, if, why would you not buy the name of your show as a, as a website instantly if you were, like, Discovery Channel? Could they not get, like, a hundred bucks together to buy a domain name? I don't know. It's nonsense. There were, it was very, the whole experience I had with those reality TV guys, it was, it was very interesting, and I'm glad I did it. But, yeah, TV... The way TV met is mad is, uh, yeah, it's rough. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. It uh, sounds like a lot of uh, a lot of fun. And and these days, mate, you you do most of your videos. In fact, everything is on YouTube. Yeah, I was only really a tourist in TV land, but the TV being in TV land really made the YouTube uh, take off. And now, so I, I mean, obviously, I prefer to YouTube because I don't have to talk to ten or twelve people to do anything. So, like, you know, like, I can just do stuff, like, do do the stuff I want to do. And, tr- I mean, I'm still a slave to the algorithm of trying to figure out, like, what can I do to appease YouTube's robot 
blind idiot robot god overlord but like the actual content of the videos most of the algorithm appeasing is to do with thumbnails and tags and titles but like the the content of the videos i can usually keep pretty much 100 percent stuff i want to do you know i i really admire Just... you for persevering with the uh, with the algorithms on uh on youtube i i kind of had a, had a bit of a play on youtube and i just gave up and make shit videos but there is you with no shirt on running around with a pizza cutter the size of uh you know a um what anyone would like a katana or something i mean it's huge it's not a katana but <laughs> how would you describe it it's a plow disc um yeah yeah uh, it's a uh, um Actually, it's hanging up on the wall. I don't know, the blade on it might be 20 inches long. What's 20 inches long at grown-up measurements? Oh, that's oh, a very fucking 52 big dick. 52 yeah. centimeters. There you yeah. go. So, um, yeah, that one, and that one was made... Every so often I'll get an email from... What's the viewership on this podcast? Like, I could probably... Tell, like, every... I like getting uh emails from sketchy ad companies that want me to do ads from mobile games because they, they force me to be a little bit more creative. They're like, we can give you money to do this ad, but it has to be done quickly. And then, so that's why I do the, most of the charity bills are basically funded. Like I can, I can do these like small charity items, yeah. but they're basically funded by me doing ads for mobile games. You, you'll notice that the ads for the mobile games, they don't appear on any of my, like the, the regular videos I do, the ones that are split yeah. up the parts, the big long ones. It's only the smaller things. But it's nice. Like, I like the challenge of, like, what can I make quickly? And then, like, run around like a lunatic. Because, the like, the ad campaigns that do have time, like, windows of opportunity. Like, you know, the, that one was ended at the 15th, which was, will be yesterday. Is, is it already yesterday for yes, you guys? Yes, it's already yesterday for us. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we got, that, we got oh. that day time delay thing going on over here. But... It's quite. I was quite impressed. I had a look at that, and you you basically made a uh, just for the people who don't follow his channel. He's made a pizza cutter for, well, for people who like really big pizza cutters for starters, but for charity. So all the money donated. Do you want to tell them about that, Mike? Yeah. So so basically, when I make these smaller items, which are usually, I mean, it's I mean, it's still a nice. That's the thing. Is like it's a little bit random. Like last month, it was a, a big sledgehammer thing made out of a pair of wood grenades or. What would you call them splitting wedges but this month i had this weird piece of metal hanging around that was an off cut of something else and i thought oh that will look like a cleaver and then as i was chopping it up i posted a picture to facebook and somebody said that looks like a giant pizza cutter and it's that technical name for it is a mezzaluna so the i made a mezzaluna with a 20 inch blade that's made out of like the hardened plate steel stuff hard ox and um yeah, it's fun. You can throw it and it lodges into things. You uh, can like, you know, slice up stuff. You can use it like a like a cleavery thing. It's like a cleaver with a knuckle guard kind of sort of thing. Yeah, the image but, um, of the image of you uh, shirtless uh, slicing it through a watermelon is one that will stay in my head for some time. Nice. The the yeah, term so, can't wash it off comes to mind, but that's okay. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> That's 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 viral marketing, but like more like the bad kind where it won't get out no matter what you do. <laughs> the um, uh, yeah. So then I so small items to kind of rationalize or not rationalize to make it okay for myself that I'm only doing this video as a whole excuse to so that like this ad company will pay me for an ad. I then give a little back by selling the thing, which is normally a small thing, 
for charity. So that's how that works. And then it's usually doctors without borders they do, and I usually arrange it. When I started these charity auctions, this is the terrible thing about being semi-famous or internet famous, is I just did them through eBay, because eBay has a really handy functionality where you can just select a charity and you can go what percentage of the sale goes to charity and you go 100%. And I'm like, oh, this is this is all built in. This is great. But the problem with, I was so famous that trolls would ruin those, like they'd like bid stupid amounts because on eBay, all the protections in place are to protect uh, the buyers rather than the sellers. And that makes sense. But yeah, so it, like anytime I tried it twice and trolls destroyed my eBay auctions through trollery. So now I just do it through, send me an email. If you want to buy this thing, send me an email, and then I'll send I'll send you another email if somebody easier and more stress-free than trying to, trying to make something that's easy to troll. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> trolls, trolls on the internet, particularly, uh, particularly YouTube and particularly in the comments section is somewhat legendary. <laughs> yeah, I you actually a troll sword, like maybe an axe to chop up trolls. Yeah. Have you ever made one? Well, nothing. You see, here's the thing, right? The worst thing you can do with a troll is engage with them, because that's yeah. that's what they want. So, like that, it's it's you get like a lot of these, a lot of uh, people I know, and I've seen other guys on YouTube, and they get angry at trolls. It's like no, 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 no. Like attention is the only thing they want, right? So you don't make a point of it ever to like engage with them. But like that being said, I actually like the com. I was saying that to someone else that I, I am strange in that my comment section, I actually go to it on purpose. Like there's a great function. You can go youtube.com forward slash comments and see all of the comments across all of your videos in chronological order. And I, I actually enjoy reading those, right? Because um, the people on the internet, they're vile sociopaths who, <laughs> Like they, they they want to hurt you recreationally, right? So if you can get those psychos, those like complete savages to go, you made a pretty cool sword there, Mike. It means it must mean you're doing something right, right? <laughs> you know? Yeah, okay. That's I, like I, a gold medal. Yeah. I actually uh I actually feel like I won against the troll one one time commenting on YouTube, but um uh, it was a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't have the end. I don't. I don't really. I don't. I. I like reading my comment section, but I don't really engage with it anymore because I engage with it a little bit, but I try not to. If somebody has like a legitimate, real question that's about interest, or if somebody is just wrong about something, like if somebody posts something that's just like factually wrong, like I bought a sword off Mike off eBay and it fell apart, and it's like, well, that obviously I don't sell my swords on eBay, so that didn't happen. I'll delete one of those. And uh, if somebody has like a genuine question about something in the video that I don't, that wasn't addressed in the video, I won't answer the question if the answer to the question is also in the video. But if it's like something weird, I'll engage with that. But in general, the bad comments or the neutral comments or the ones that are just good, I, I just tend not to, I enjoy looking at it, but I try not to engage with it too much because it would eat up a lot of my day. How many videos do you put out a week? Oh, not not that many. Like I only, I only, I try. The plan was to put out um, one build, like the, so. I get the big build video, and that's split up into four parts or whatever usually, and then those are released once a week. And then there might be a bonus video, like the pizza cutter or the sledgehammer thing from last month, thrown in like randomly somewhere in there. 
But my upload schedule is not actually that crazy compared to, like you get some guys who upload, like it seems like they upload a video like more than one per week. Whereas I'm usually looking, like it's very rare that I would have more than one a week. And it like I can go, like if I'm in between big projects, it can be weeks of nothing, you know, before I upload again. It's interesting because I, I find the whole process of making the videos and editing the videos completely soul destroying. So that's me personally. <laughs> um, yeah. How many, for every minute of YouTube content, how many minutes do you reckon you're spending in the background? Oh, well, this is what I like. I have that Patreon account set up, and this is what I have to often explain to people because they get confused. The Patreon account doesn't pay for the swords. The swords are for customers who have ordered them. What the Patreon account pays for is the time and effort it takes me to edit all the clips together into a big long video. So I would say if I have a project that takes me a month to make, I might spend half a week at least, like two or three days editing all those clips together into something cogent and i'm i'm quite good at it at this stage you know like I, i've been doing this for ages and still it's a huge block of time and i think if i wasn't following myself around and filming i could work like one and a half to twice as fast right so yeah. that's what the patreon is funding the patreon is funding me following myself around for a month or two months uh, with a, a tripod and then spending like days editing. And that's what that, that's just what the <coughs> Patreon pays for, you know, it like separate to the swords, separate to, um, like any other like costs to do with running my business. It's just so that I can follow myself around. It's a, it's a huge investment, like cataloging what you're doing, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I do know, believe me, I, I tried to set up for a few shots to show some, YouTube footage of a machine that I bought just recently. And, um, mate, I just got so aggravated in the end. I've decided just fuck it. I'm just not doing it. I, you know, just, I, I set up the shot, everything's perfect. And then I realize I have to stand in front of the camera to demonstrate and I'm just stupid. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I, I much respect for what you're doing. Well, it's like anything else. You get better at it. If you do it a lot, like I, I know a lot of, um, I get, I get emails from young guys who have done the thing where they've, they've filmed everything. And they filmed like every single thing uh, they've done and they'll wind up with like giant like folders full of like hours of raw footage. And they just can't like, I'm, I am really sparse with what I film. Like if I'm, if I'm grinding something for hours, I might only actually film myself grinding for a minute or two yeah. and then edit that down to 10 seconds, you know? Yeah. And like, so if we look at something here, like, uh, I just have it here. So for the, the Red Sonja sword footage, that that video, when it was uh, full, was like an hour and a half long. So the folder I have here with all the clips is only, it's 182 gigabytes big, which is big. But like I've heard other guys who, if they had like an hour and a long, hour and a half long video, the idea of only having 182 gigabytes worth of footage they're like, how do you do it? Because like I, you know, because uh, so I, I am particularly sparse with it. But even at that, it takes me like, I, I think I could work twice as fast if I didn't have to just have the mental baggage of filming every single thing I do, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Kev? You there, Jeff. Kev? 
dead now. No, we've lost everyone. Just a minute. <laughs> Calling. Hey, you there, Trump. Mert? I'm here. All right. Would appear we've lost Kev. Which is... I can hear Kev. Ah, oh, not this again. <laughs> All right. I hate when this happens. Kev, um, it happens every time with Kev for some reason. Kev, can you hang up and recall in? Kev, can you hang up and recall? There he goes. I, I also couldn't hear him. That's interesting. Mert and Kev have a special bond. Yeah. Hello. Yeah, you there, you there <laughs> Kev? Can, can you hear me? Yeah, yes. gotcha, mate. Gotcha. Ah, right. Good. What's our special bond, mate? <laughs> <laughs> There's no special bond. All right. Just for the purpose of editing, just for the purpose of editing, I'm going to cut that out. So I, I've just called Kev. Kev, you respond. Yep. Yeah, okay. I'm back on. Uh, Mike, I was just going to say, for those that don't know, um, what's your patronage page, mate? Let's let's get a chance to get a few more people uh, oh, supporting you. That's very kind of you. It's just the same as all my stuff across the interwebs. It's Michael Cthulhu. Uh, Michael is spelt M-I-C-H-A-E-L. Cthulhu is spelt the normal way that word is spelt. And it's um, you, Patreon, Michael Cthulhu. If you go Michael C-T-H, uh, Google knows what you're looking for. I, I, I plug the hell out of it on uh, my videos too. So if you, if you know how to spell Michael Cthulhu, uh, the Patreons, they get like a weekly live stream. So I do like a, it's like, it's like checking in with my employers once a week to see what I've been up to. And, uh, cause in a way, like I have a thousand Patreons, so it's like having a thousand bosses, but those guys, if all 1000 of my Patreons are listening right now, you guys should unionize. You could really force me to do weird, horrible <laughs> things. If you guys just had better communication. Live striptease on, on. <laughs> yeah. Because, because like when you have a thousand bosses, it's like having no bosses. Like, and if I do something that displeases them, I get like these slow hints. Like I get this, oh, oh, there's, there's some people leave. I mean, not that most of them, once, once they join the crazy ship, most of them time when I was fighting with the algorithm, that the algorithm was so bad. Like this is when I, before I started splitting the videos up in the parts that, um, I was the, the new flow of Patreons in wasn't replacing the ones that were leaving and my patreon was going down a little bit every month i almost wish it went down faster because that would have jolted me into action faster but the fact that it was going out as a trickle i was like wait a minute what the hell is happening so I, that's when i started splitting it up into parts and then i started getting the big influx in but um yeah if you want to find me just google the word michael michael cthulhu that will usually uh get you all my stuff fantastic so before you were saying like a lot of your time, well, that money goes to the fact that you're um, chasing yourself around, filming yourself and all that sort of stuff. We, we could have a cheaper solution, I reckon. Um, you know how most times in one stage or another, we all wish we had another one of ourselves there to do some of the work, like especially the shitty stuff. Mm. So uh, on your trip here, I believe that you almost had one of those times where there was a you know, a crack in the um, vortex of time and space, and you nearly met yourself. Yes, the guy who makes the sausages, Sausage Man. Yeah. 
He's the, I often, it's a shame he didn't, a shame I didn't have a bunch of Michael Cthulhu shirts because it would have been great to get a picture. Young men who are trying to do stuff like me, not, and not even young men, but like just dudes who are trying to do my stuff uh, and send me pictures of themselves in the Michael Cthulhu t-shirts. If it's a particularly beardy guy, I love uploading the picture to the Michael Cthulhu page and saying like, oh, the cloning process, Germany presents the Michael Cthulhu Germany clone, German clone. They get closer every year, but they just can't get it quite right. And then like just upload a picture of the dude in the, cause they'll usually like have an apron and goggles and stuff too. Like just, um, you know, because it's like guys who watch me and they like what I do and they, they want to do the stuff the way I do it. Um, so I like doing that, but yeah, I would love to have a clone of me following me around. I wonder would we wind up killing each other or making love? It would be one of the two. Yeah. <laughs> <Sure may. laughs> oh, that's funny. Hey, so on one of your earlier clips, you were saying how you, you, you're at Sydney 15 years prior, never thought you'd get out here again. And as you said, this, this crazy group of people um, from the Knife Art Association here in Australia um, contacted you and said, you know, come out to Australia um run a class and um join in on the festivities at our sydney knife show um i saw a couple of clips from the class but do you want to have a bit of a talk about um you know how all that went at everly works in sydney yeah i know that was great i i had never it had never even occurred to me to teach a class so i was like a little bit nervous about it like i was talking to andrew like trying to balance what people's expectations were because i am just a welder fan like i have never maintained that there's anything mysterious in my videos i'm just a welder fabricator a lot of the techniques i use are just standard welder fabricator te techniques like i i don't think there's anything mysterious about what i do so if you like are paying money to get a class and i'm just welder fab but like but it went great nobody seemed to mind that it was basically all just like there was no mysterious magic technique that I, I was withholding from YouTube because I was waiting till I had a class to teach. And the class went great. I, I taught, it was, it was the first time I taught a class and I, uh, we met, we turned a whole bunch of paper guillotine cutting blades into um, giant crazy Mad Max swords because that was what I calculated was the quickest thing, like how, what guys working for two days who were of unknown levels of grinder welder skill could probably manage. And everybody had a big giant crazy thing by the end of the two days. So that was good. Some of them had several big giant crazy things. And um, the it, it went so well, I've even started to look into how could I replicate the whole teaching classes thing, but on this side of the water. Um, but like I don't I don't even know how. The main problem is the insurance, right? Because I don't, I'm not even sure. Like, Everly obviously has insurance in case somebody throws themselves into a power hammer uh, or whatever. But, like, I'm like, what, what is that? How, how do I oh, get insurance? Oh, sorry, that? sorry to interrupt. Sorry to interrupt. We don't use yeah. insurance here, Mike. We just have a lot of land, a tractor, and a bag <laughs> of lime. That's uh, the words of Keith Flutter. But anyway, keep going. Yeah. The land here of Martha's Vineyards, I wonder if I could sell it as, like, you know, like, a very expensive hog feed or something like organic hog feed could could i get away with it you know but uh yeah so that that's the only i, I it went so well i'm trying to think of how to replicate replicate it here on the other side of the planet and um so that was uh yeah it went much much better i, I mean i probably shouldn't have said that to anyone but it went much much better than i thought it was going to go and it was great and it produced a fun video but like i said 
Patreon and stuff. My only regret is the video of the stuff that we did at Everly Works is only 12 minutes long because I was too busy helping people weld and grind their stuff to actually film myself properly. Like if I was going to do a kind of a workshoppy thing again, I'd have to sort out some better way because the whole problem with the filming is it takes time, but the class is taught under a time constraint. So how do you square those two things away? Like the answer has to be getting uh, a clone of me to film myself or something, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah, you'd have to do that for sure. Yeah, and uh, the what was I going to say? And then the knife show itself, I was, you know, the the phrase "big in Japan," like it was. I've been a hermit on a little island. I don't actually think of myself as being like a, like uh, that people know who I am. Like I know I know there's internet people who know who I am, but they're on the internet. Like my fan base, I I, I thought my fan base was spread so thinly across the face of the entire planet. Like the barest hit, like someone who wants to try Vegemite, but they're not sure about it. That kind of level of coverage. Um, but the the. And uh, but yeah, it turned like uh, two different guys in Michael Cthulhu shirt showed up at the at the knife convention. A whole, like a like a family of like a dad and some kids who watch my stuff showed up at the knife convention. They had photographs for me to sign, and people wanted me to sign the photographs and give it to them. That's crazy. Like I would never, <laughs> it would never occur to me to sign something for someone because that's not a thing I have ever done before like that's the uh, you know that the ebony knife show that's the first knife show i've been to period right it was the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The sydney the sydney knife show is the first knife show you've ever been to yeah well you live in that's you, awesome. you live in you live in in the backwoods mate ah. yeah well no i am man. like i live in i I sometimes like I have to get off this island every so often because there's too many yoga instructors who don't appreciate what I do, and not enough, <laughs> you know, not, not not enough. Like like if if you want to grow organic kale out of the remains of your previous acoustic guitar, there's like 17 fellas here who can teach you how to do that. But like you know, I'm 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 the weirdo here because I'm like pouring gasoline on stuff and setting it on fire. You know. <laughs> Yeah. You're, only, yeah, you, you're only classified as a weirdo there, mate, not amongst us knife makers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and that's the other thing. I was a little bit nervous about, because like I said before, I'm a welder fabricator. None, not, not, not any of the things I do could be really considered like bladesmithing or blacksmith. Like if I have to bend something, I'll heat it up and then whop it with a hammer. But it's not really, it's not the same at all. So I was a little bit worried about like how, how would I be received? Like, this is like the joke celebrity guest. And I'm fine with being the joke celebrity guest as long as nobody's getting snobby about it. But I met two or three of the younger fellas, like um, duh, DB Dom from DB Blades. And the other, what was the other fella called? There was a, like a long skinny fella and like a 14-year-old kid who showed up at the class. There was all these like young guys who do, I, I felt like Roger Corman. You know, like Roger Corman, what's the other fella that did Titanic? James Cameron. So James Cameron started working for Roger Corman, and Roger Corman makes shite box movies. And he, James Cameron was working for him, and then went on and became like a big famous filmmaker. And then Roger Corman was at Alien or something and asked him, how did you make it all look so good? And James Cameron said, oh, I did the same thing you taught me, but I just spent more money. And... That's the kind of the same kind of feeling I had meeting all these young knife makers 
who started watching my videos of me just dicking around with an angle grinder and then moved on from that. That was like their 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 initial start into the world of knife making was dicking around with an angle grinder. And then they moved on to like doing stuff with fancy belt sanders and power hammers and forges and all of that kind of business. Uh, but I'm I'm still here doing stuff with an angle grinder. <laughs> so so tell me, tell me, tell me. You've um you've you've gone to Everly, which is frankly one of the world's meccas of blacksmithing. So they've got some equipment there, as you will have seen, that uh, is amongst the best in the world. Um, unfortunately, they're turning it into a shopping mall. But anyway, we'll cover that later. Um, did you pick anything up at Everly that you're going to take home and use in your swords for in future? I'm trying to think, not I, like I, it, it's a disappointing answer to say not really, because like even if I was like, oh wow, that power hammer is awesome, like what what am I going to do here? Like, yes, yeah. like I can't feel it. Like I mean, I guess I could, but even then, the way I work, it's still from like the welder fabricator kind of mindset, so it just wouldn't um, like it would. It's it's not in my. To, uh, it's not the way I think starting off with a, a big lump and beating it into a shape. It's like I'll start off with an even bigger lump and grind off the parts I don't need, you know? Uh, it's That's just how I think. And um, hey Mike, What do you have in your shop? Like, what do you, what do you, what kind of tools you, you do to use to make your swords and all the fantasy builds? Like, what do you have? It's just, it, it's, it's nothing fancy. And I think that's part of the appeal of my videos. Like, angle grinders with a million different types of heads. Uh, a MIG welder, a TIG welder, and like a drill. I have a plasma cutter too. That's about it. Do you have a forge? Yeah, nice. Um, I have a garbage forge. I have a better forge now that I haven't set up thanks to certain people on this podcast. Uh, but like, I haven't gotten around to setting it up yet because I'm too busy doing the thing I'm supposed to be doing instead of like the. And it's be one of those things where when I do eventually. Get around to setting up the forge I got off Corin. The the it's not a forge. What do you call the thing I got off you? It's called a burner. Okay, the burner thing. When I get around <laughs> to building this thing to make that burner go, I'll have figured out. Oh, I should have done that before I started because there'll be some part of the thing that will have turned out to have been easier. But um, the I, I just haven't done it because today what I was doing is I took the top off the drill. I have a smallish drill press, like you know, like a. It's not gigantic, but it's like something you buy, just you can get it shipped to your house. But anyway, I took the top off the drill press and I turned it upside down in this, like one of my step vice things and built like a wooden thing around it so I could clamp it upside down without uh, squishing the belts and had a lathe truck mounted up in it. And I posted a picture to this group I have on Facebook of like fellow nut jobs. And they, one of them said, congratulations, you've built the world's smallest vertical turret lathe and i was like what's a turret lathe and he's like it's the thing you built well that explains that explains one of the questions we got on facebook to ask you which was when are you getting a lathe from ravi <laughs> summerholder if you know that person when no, is he well, getting a lathe was was asked 35 minutes ago there you go okay so you know the story i just told you about like taking my drill press and mounting it upside down T taking just the top of the drill press and mounting it upside down in a vice so I could use it like a pottery wheel, but for metal. Because so then I had that thing spinning and I was attacking it like, a, like it was like a lump of clay in a pottery wheel with the angle grinder. Every tool I get, the reason I'm terrified of getting a lathe, every tool I get, 
I use incorrectly, right? Like I, I figure out some way to use it to do something it's not supposed to do. I'm worried if I get a lathe and I do something I'm not supposed to do, I'll die. <laughs> <laughs> There's another question there on Facebook. Speaking of Facebook questions and dying, it says, what's... Um, uh, oh, it's not this one, actually. It was one that was about your worst workshop in, 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 injury. Oh, well, there's a, there's a couple of them. Um, the, the one I think of as being the worst is when I was uh, just starting off. I was in an art cottage. I had a pair of tin snips, and this was, like, before angle grinders, before, like, um, you know, before I figured out how to use an angle grinder. I was using it to uh, cut a piece of three mil thick mild steel, which is way too thick for a, a tin snips. So I was, I had it on a table and I was pushing down on it with all like the full force of my body. So to get the full force of my body on it, I had to like kind of hover over it. Like basically my body was like hugging the edge of the table and where the tin snips was. And my kind of my balls wandered in between the handles of the tin snips. <laughs> and then and then finally when the thing went click, the handles crushed my, my balls, right? And it was so it was so bad. It was so bad it didn't even hurt. I just got real cold. I, I felt like this wash of cold through my body and I got real sweaty. And I kind of wandered around and I was like, I feel thirsty, you know, and uh, and that was that I, I think that was the worst workshop injury. I mean, I've had two kids since, so I don't think anything was permanently messed up. But like that one was just that, that one was so bad. It didn't hurt till three days later. <laughs> <laughs> oh. yeah, yeah, well, I uh, yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Did your kids turn out um, tall and skinny or short and fat after that? <laughs> yeah, that would be funny. We don't have a universe B to run the same experiment, but without me crushing my balls, <laughs> you know. <laughs> There's a, there's a funny saying, um, Sean McIntyre, who's a master smith who lives in Australia here, um, his point of view on safety a few years ago when I was asking him some stuff was, you got to ask yourself one question, would I put my dick in that? <laughs> <So> <laughs> it actually applies to what you do. Yeah, no, so yeah. Don't, don't, don't try to cut stuff that's too thick with it. While putting your full body weight on it, which your balls is real close. I, I yeah. wear an apron now, so my balls generally like they're kind of contained. Like it would be harder for my balls to wander into a thing nowadays, I guess. <laughs> Lessons learned. That's, that's going to be a hard one. That's going to yeah. be a hard one to add into a clause on your insurance policy. <laughs> Ball protection. Yeah. Ballsy move. So speaking <laughs> speaking about the fans at Sydney Knife Show. What's your what's this one's from Sam Feon Feon on Facebook? He says, "What's your favourite crazy fan moment?" Oh, uh, I've told I told the story at Emily, but I can tell it again now. So 
every so often somebody will uh, send me a message saying can they sh like oh i'm coming to the island can i can i show up at the island and i'll write back going yeah i guess so i mean like fine i don't really do workshop visits but here's my address and phone number um and so i only check i only check the michael cthulhu inbox about once a week so this guy said like oh that's great i'll, I'll be coming over on this date i'll see you then and i and i said yeah fine whatever and i forgot but then later on the same night he wrote back saying actually there was a change of plan i'm i'm coming over tomorrow is that okay and i never saw that email because like i said i only check it like once once a week but he decided to come over anyway and instead of and he had like he had mentioned there was something he wanted to give me and he'd met like this machete type thing and so this guy gets off the boat with a machete and he rents a moped and he just starts asking people where i live and people like tell him they're like they're like oh i think he lives down here on this street and then he drives down that street and he gets to a gas station and he's like where where does mike live and the people at the gas station are like oh i think he lives down this street and off goes the guy with the machete and the moped and then down my street he meets my brother-in-law my brother-in-law says oh he lives exactly here go there and my brother-in-law phoned my wife to say there's a guy on a moped with a machete that's driving to mike's workshop could you like let him know <laughs> and then my wife says oh yeah and then never bothered and then so i'm sweeping the floor in my workshop and i look up and there's a young man banging on the slider window door waving a machete around going mike mike i got something for you here and um that was like I, like he didn't he didn't he didn't have any other information to go on he was just asked people and he it's really impressive that he managed to get to my house you know and but that could have yeah like 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 um i could have wound up as someone's rug you know <laughs> <laughs> uh, it happens it happens so did he make the machete for you or did he just want to show you no he made it for me as a gift actually that's a thing that happens I'm, it's very nice when it happens, but I'm always a bit confused about what to do when it happens. It's like, you know, when like, um, that was actually a thing I, I noticed about the knife makers at Ebony that I was a bit confused about, like the ecosystem of like, um, you guys are very good about like, like maybe collecting each other's knives or liking each other's knives or buying them. I never know what to do, which, cause I make these like crazy weird weapons, but like I make them and then sell them to people. So when other people show up at my house, or send me in the mail crazy weird weapons. I have like a little bit of a collection now, and I'm never sure quite what to do with. Like I've given one of them away as a prize for this Photoshop competition I'm doing now because it was a way to give the guy who made it a shout out in the video because that's like a thing I like to do. And it was a way, and it was in the picture. It just wound up randomly that the picture of my big, uh, my big naked. I was going to say my big naked friends. The picture of the pot, the big pile of my semi-naked friends. The knife was in that picture and i was like oh this will be the perfect thing because this is this thing can now fulfill its destiny of producing a lot of internet humor yeah <laughs> mike i have a question for you this is from judge handmade knives he's asking about the stories do you have any stories about the little creatures little critters that take offense in your shop which which ones does he mean because i in some videos i reference if i stay up way too late I get the rats, but like we all get the rats, right? You know what I mean? Yes. Like if you, no. Yeah. <laughs> no. you know, the, the dark little moving things at the corner of your vision that you like don't know are there. And you're like, oh boy, I've stayed up too late. 
and then you have to go to bed real quick before the people show up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the um, but if you start living yeah, here, I use yeah, I use I I I grew up in row houses in a housing estate, so I'm not used to living out in nature. And so every so often, like a rabbit will just wander into my workshop, or goats will wander into my workshop, or a skunk. Or, you know, like all these crazy American, well, I get rabbits and goats, are but like a scout, uh, skunk or a snake or a raccoon, like crazy American animals. And uh, like, I'll usually just film them for a bit because I'm not used to just um, strange wildlife wandering into my workshop. Like I, I just film them for a bit. And then if it's like fun, I'll put it in the video. Um, I don't really do anything with them, if, with them if that was the question. Other than shoo them, shoo them out if I think they're in danger of getting sucked into some sort of rotary tool. See, I never you get probably have to be... because they probably know I'm a I'm a former chef. If a rabbit comes into my into my shop, they know they're going to be served for a dinner. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Murd, I can guarantee one thing: you're never going to serve up, and that's skunk. Do <laughs> <laughs> You'd have to be pretty bloody careful getting that out of your workshop. I'd have to say. Well, on the, on the recent trip to America, oh, the, the worst thing about America, in my opinion, is the skunk. We're driving down the highway. We're like, oh, there's a dead thing on the road. And then you pass over it and 10 seconds later, you, you're dry reaching and you're crying and your nose is running. And that's apparently they don't smell too bad when they're being hit by a car. So, oh. Yeah, no, oh. the, the, it's so strong. It's It's... It's like a physical sensation if you get a direct whack from a skunk. I've had to clean both of my animals after they've been sprayed by skunks, like a cat and a dog. Oh. And it was so bad, I put the cat into the bath and started the bath up, and the cat is sitting there in a bath, and he starts purring. Like I'm giving a cat a bath, and he starts purring. You know, that's how bad skunks are. <laughs> I only had a the only only one I've had is the, the brown snake, but yeah, no, I'd rather the brown snake than the skunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even yeah, even I'd like that. I like a hundred redbacks all on my head. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the skunk there. <laughs> so the good the other the other thing I like um, having this chat with you, Mike, is the more you talk, the more I realise I'm probably closer to the borderline of being called normal. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's define um, normal care like normal well, <laughs> yeah i, I don't closer. think any of us here are normal per se i mean no. feel like, feel like, like staying in front of the hot forges and bang metal and do some crazy shit so i don't think normal applies to us man yeah and so mike are you in like you're pretty much isolated when you're doing this you're on your own um like as you said you're on your own in your workshop and you don't get much human contact is that correct? No, yeah, well, I have like like my my workshop is very close to my house house. So I mean it's like it's it's a little bit like working from home, which suits me great. There's enough of a distance that I can go out and work at night and not disturb everyone. So I like doing that. I have a guy who comes around now, a young younger guy called Evan, and he is like I don't know what you call him, a apprentice assistant, maybe. And I don't actually, he's not at the level yet where he's helping me get more work done, but I get the same amount of work done without, without being physically damaged. So that's good. And the, um, whatchamacallit, but like, I, I see people, but like, I mostly work at my own, like I pick my own hours and all that. Like, I don't have to, I basically don't really have to 
with the normal schedule that people have, um, which is which is good because it allows me to do. The only bad thing is when I got back from Australia, my clock was all messed up, and there was really nothing. <laughs> there was no good thing forcing it back into position, so it took me weeks. Uh, like, or I guess it's only been a few weeks, but like. Even, yeah, it was a full week of me going, why am I still awake at 5 a.m.? I saw, I heard a lot of birds. <laughs> yeah, the, the, time, the time zone uh, problem is real. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But we, yeah. we're, all kind, of, we're all kind of used to it because every time we go anywhere, it's, it's, a, it's like that. From Australia yeah. to anywhere is, uh, is jet lag. <laughs> yeah. The... Um, Oh, yeah, I can't even imagine, like, the the distances and the times and scales that you guys have to deal with is just normal. Like, because coming from Ireland, Ireland was very small, and so the six-hour plane flight to Boston was, oh, that was across an entire ocean. That was a continent away. But then you get to America, and it's another six-hour flight to get to the other side of America, and you're like, that's nutty. And then Americans, much like Australians, propose going on these crazy long car trips, and you're like, I, I think I would go insane and murder you all if I had to be in a car for four hours or whatever, you know. <laughs> but like, <laughs> everyone's just used to that, you know. <laughs> like, uh, we 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 get up to a lot of fun on the car trips, yeah. Mm. It was uh, yeah. I I um I regularly drive up to see uh, Corin and his guys at his workshop, and that's that's three and a half hours travel each way, and I just drive up and back in a day, um, <laughs> which is nothing for us. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, driven 14 hours to Adelaide and 14 hours to Brisbane and just do it in a day. And yeah, look, you know, it, for, like I said, for us in Australia, um, it is a lot different. I guess we just get in the car and we do it. I'm going, um, I'm going over in, to, in, uh, to Europe next month and I've got a friend in Norway and I've got to go to uh, Stockholm to visit Darmastil in Sweden. And I said, Oh, I'll just drive over and see you. And she's like, but it's, but it's like a six-hour drive, and I'm like, it's it's a three-hour round trip from my house to work and back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, like I said, that that the in the middle parts of America, like in Texas and stuff, they're used to that those crazy road. But coming Ireland is like 400 miles long, and then I managed to move to an even smaller island. You know, so like my sense of distance is like totally screwed up. You know, I think it. I think it's like a hassle if I have to drive, like, like to a place that's twenty minutes away. So I'm totally spoiled in terms of like scale. Yeah. Yeah. It's um. My my regular my regular commute zone around where I am because I also work from home, um, is yeah probably things within twenty minutes drive, uh, for me is my is my standard driving. So yeah, when I get out on these big trips or you know bigger trips say up to sydney and back um yeah it's a little bit of an adventure so i don't i don't actually mind it you got to come back so over come here. over mike um come to sydney and then join the car trip uh from sydney to <laughs> adelaide show in november it's 14 hours <laughs> live feed live feed slowly losing my mind for extra points do it directly after I get off the plane from LAX <laughs> to like Sydney, like, nah. like straight, straight, like uh, from a 14 hour plane flight and do a 14 hour drive and just like to see what will happen. It'd be great. Well, you won't see much. You won't see much because crossing over, you cross a place called the Hay Plain, which Kev is about what, three hours of nothing. 
<laughs> Three hours of nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you're like, oh, there's a fence post. Yay. Oh look, there's a there's uh, a car. The there's a car coming the other way. And then and then oh look, look, what's that on the road? Oh, there's a herd of cows going over to get milked. It's the main highway to Adelaide and it's blocked by a herd of cows. So. That's crazy. Yeah. I can't imagine it. Like I, I get like there's a like a three mile stretch from where I live to one of the other towns, and I hate driving it because it's a long straight road. Three miles, and I get bored, you know? <laughs> yeah, this, this is like 300 miles. <laughs> and along along the route, Mike, there's a there's a place where you cross over. We don't have, obviously, country borders, but we have state borders. You can have a lot of fun there with the fruit fly inspection points and so forth. <laughs> yes. I, I, I had a sneaking suspicion. As soon as I mentioned Adelaide, I was like, oh, fuck, he's going to talk about that story. <laughs> So Mike, when, Mike, when we go on these, when we travel on these road trips, and you do encounter, um, you know, another vehicle along the way, because most of the time we just get in the car and we drive. Um, but I'd, I'd caught up with um, Corin and his guys uh, on one of these trips, and we, we made it in the middle of nowhere. We end up at this small town, um, spend the night there, and um, I was driving on my own. So one of one of our our friends, Chad jumped into the car with me and we're driving along and we reached this border and at the border between well it's either new south wales now or victoria and uh, south australia they have a fruit fly inspection area it's so like you can't a customs point from it's one like state a, to the other it's like an old school customs point where they search your car mike it's like you know <laughs> are you taking illicit things over i know i shit you not that's what it was like and this guy this yeah, guy so... walks up to me <laughs> and and you're in the middle of nowhere no offence to him, he's probably a lovely bloke. He walks up to me, he's got wiry grey hair, two teeth in his mouth, a ball of flies around his head like you've never seen, and he says, you got any fruit? And I said, as a matter of fact, we don't. I said, but are you up for a laugh? He said, I'm always up for a laugh. I said, good. I said, can you give the guys in the car behind us a shakedown? And then we drove <laughs> off thinking nothing more of it. Yeah, and that's, and that's where the story takes over with me is, we, we then roll forward, you know, wind out our window, and it, it's like 40 degrees C, and hot as hot as can be. You're in the middle of nowhere. Like I said, this crusty old bloke comes up with two teeth and, and you know, <laughs> a, a bundle of flies buzzing around his head, and he, he comes up and he's like, you got any fruit in the car? I'm, I'm going, no, sir, don't have any fruit in the car. And he points over at this sign a little bit out of the way, and he goes, can you read that sign? So I've, I've gone... Yeah, I read it quietly, and I've gone, yeah, I read it. And he goes, can you read that sign out loud? So then I, you know, that's when the first of the little fucking hairs on my neck stood up. <laughs> and I look at this guy, and I'm like, you know, taking fruit across the border will result in prosecution, fines and imprisonment may apply. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm looking and going, yeah, and? And he's going, sir, I'm going to ask you again, do you have fruit in this car? And I'm like, no. And I look at my mate that's sitting next to me. He's got a little bit of a worried look, and I, I look at him, and he looks at me. No, and he goes, well, "I'm going to have to ask you to exit the vehicle, sir, and I, I'm going to need to do an inspection." So, well, again, I look at me mate, and I'm, well, the balls are retracting at this stage, and I'm thinking, "Fuck, we're going to, this dude's going to kill us and put us in a fucking hole in the ground. We're dead." The last sighting <laughs> of us was somewhere remote Australia in the outback. Anyway, we get out, and we go around the back, and we lift the back of the car up. 
you know, and he starts looking through stuff and I'm looking at my mate and I'm like, I'm thinking, fuck me, oh, holy shit, I hope I don't have any fruit in there. <laughs> and it just starts getting, it gets fucking weirder and weirder. He's opening bags and, and he's going, right, only you can close the door, sir, and you know, return to your vehicle. And he's like, and I'm like looking at my mate as well, getting in the car, and he's like, yeah, you one, I'm going to ask you one last time, sir, are you carrying f- across the border? And I've just gone, I was like scared. I was seriously was fucking scared. I think it's the first time I've been scared in a long while. And I'm like, mate, we don't have any fucking fruit in the car. Well, like, what the fuck? And he goes, we've been tipped off by a member of the public that you're transporting fruit <laughs> across the border. And how do you... Well, look at you, mate, and we're like, we're like almost huddling each other at this stage. And we turn back to this guy going, what member of the public's told you we're taking fruit across the border? And he fucking gives us a big two-toothy grin smile and he goes... Ah, the bloke in front of you. And he starts fucking <laughs> slapping his leg, pissing himself, laughing. And it made me made us just almost wet ourselves in relief. And he goes, we're like, oh, that fucker. He goes, have yourselves a nice day, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Speed off after Borin. Oh, I can't actually walk through the fruit and veg section at Woolworths now without getting a fucking chill down the spine. <laughs> <laughs> That's fake. I've never had a fruit shakedown. Uh, we, we, we can make it happen for you, mate. We can make it happen. Thank you. <laughs> now the road trip. Yeah, so road needless trips to say, go for it, Kev. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, needless to say, you you really got to watch out who you fucking travel with in Australia. <laughs> I've been waiting for payback for like three years. Hey. Hey, it's it might not happen straight away, maybe it's gonna freaking happen. <laughs> Where did you say you're going? Where did you say you're going? Norway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe we should we should we should tip off the border patrol. He'll be on the oh, yeah. he'll be on the TV. They'll be checking his luggage. <laughs> Sir, is there any timber in your suitcase? No. <laughs> that could yeah, well, something like that might happen. Could happen. Yeah. Oh, stuff. That'd be great. Yeah, well. So um, one of the one of the things that we've been looking at, um, Mike. Obviously, you might not be aware. This is only episode four of our podcast, and it's uh, it's it's a growing and changing and evolving thing. And, and one of the things we're going to be looking at with our um, uh, podcast is, you know, incorporating little, maybe little regular sections like um, tips and tricks and all that sort of stuff. We're going to add our Australian flair to it. So one of the things, what the tool that you were talking about. Um, your upside down drill turret lathe mill thing. Um, we're probably looking at having a section on our show called um, She'll Be Right, Mate, which is um, She'll Be Right is a term that Australians use um, instead of saying, you know, that will be okay or that's all good. We'll say, yeah, she'll be right, mate. Um, and it generally apply, can apply to um, when you're maybe not doing things the correct way. Uh, so uh, it was interesting listening to your talk before when we were discussing having this little component about, um, you know, potentially misuse of tools or creative use of tools. Um, any, it, are there any other things that you use in your workshop, um, you know, in, in a creative way that's not going to get you in trouble or, or users? You know, do, Australian, do Australians have box fans? Like a fan you put in the window, it's like... Like a, like a, it's just a, oh, 
Yeah. So yeah, if, yeah and it's in it's Americans call them box fans. We don't really use them in Ireland because it doesn't get hot in Ireland, but the Yanks have these like <laughs> box fan things. And I had one because uh, it gets hot as balls here, so I had one that I was just following myself around with, uh, you know, just putting on the ground. And I said, this is ridiculous because every time I moved, I had to move the fan. So what I did is I, I took some like quarter-inch bar and I made a frame that I could put some padding on. So now I have like a box fan I wear as a backpack. So when it gets hot as balls here, I just wear this I wear this fan on my back. And I, but my favorite part about it is. I only wear it when I'm already hot as balls. And so I'm all like sweaty. And so if somebody comes up, like my wife or, you know, my father-in-law or something, and they're trying to have a conversation with me, I'm just blowing my musk directly at them. It's gross. It's like like a big, a lovely, wafty odor, like a, like a really powerful funnel of my, of my juice. <laughs> a little skunk action. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Still, but that's that's the thing I wear. It'll probably it's a real old one I found under a pile of garbage. The nice clean ones you can buy nowadays. So it's probably going to electrocute me at some point, and I hope it gets caught on film. <laughs> how many times have you done something? This is you know one of those general things. How many times have you done something? You know stupid i guess that's resulted in something bad and you're like fuck i wish i had a camera on that <laughs> oh no like any because because i said i'm like highly efficient if i was one of these young guys that films everything then i would have all of my accidents but like there, there's loads of accidents i don't have because of my hyper efficiency it's like oh i filmed i've explained what i'm angle grinding and i filmed the very start of me angle grinding the thing there's no need to film the rest so then i turn the camera off and then like I was making a sword that had like these big teeth, the it, the, the edges of the two the, the the teeth caught the disc and slammed the angle grinder around and drove my hand into one of the spikes on the sword. So I had a big like gash on my hand, and yeah, there's no no film of that. My hand is torn open, and I don't even have any good footage to show for it. And similar, like there's just like. The other time I gouged myself open, like I filmed the very starter part where I was like, blah, 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 I'm going to do the small thing, and then turned the, the uh, camera off and didn't realize there was a crack in the disc, and it tore one of my fingers open, and yet again, no footage, and it's like, god damn it, like, fucking, I got footage of them stitching me back up, but I didn't get footage of the, of the, they get weird as well, the first time I was filming myself getting stitched up, the doctor was like super into it, like in chatting and talking about stitching me up. And then the next time I was getting stitched up, I was like, oh, I'll do this again. And the doctor was like, turn that off. We, we don't allow film in the hospital. And I was like, I know that's a lie because I did it previous, but I, obviously you are uncomfortable with it. And I guess you're stitching me up. So I guess I'll turn it, I'll turn it off. But like, you know. Um, yeah, I, I, I put my thumb into a um, one of the wide... Um, bandsaw blades, you know, just the four teeth per inch designed to rip hardwoods down. And I touched my thumb on it. I touched my thumb on it just enough to go, oh, fuck, I think I've done that. And when I had a look, you know, it was it was pretty gory. Um, and I went down to the local clinic um, to, to try and get stitched up. And they said, oh, any power tool related injuries, we generally get you to go to the hospital. So I went to the hospital and, you know, waited in the emergency queue here forever. And I finally got in and it was really busy and, and they, they put the little nerve block around and the doctor comes and goes, oh, we'll have to stitch that up. Uh, but you're gonna, it's gonna have to be clean. So we need to, we need to run 
saline solution through it for a little bit, but we're really busy. So we'll, we'll have to come back. And I'll, they put the nerve blocker in there and I was like, well, I, I can do that. So like, oh, great. So I had you know, two litres of saline solution and this very thin uh, tube with the liquid coming out and, and no feeling in the thumb. So I was proceeding to stick the tube in one end of my um, cut and poke it out the other end and have this little fountain pouring <laughs> out my thumb. And, and and while I was doing this, oblivious to the surroundings, uh, you know, a few of the nurses had come up. They must have had a slow night and not and not many gory accidents because they come up and they're like, oh, can we take a photo of that? So I'm like, yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> I was doing the same thing, sticking this thing through in and out and, you know, making little noises about how I was washing my cutout. And um, yeah, and I took took a few photographs myself, which was really funny. Yeah, um, that that was a little while ago, and and I've kept this pretty quiet. But a, uh, last week, um, I had one of those um, shockers in the workshop where you, you know, you don't pay attention for half a second, and the mix of a fresh fifty grit um, blaze belt and a, a grinder running at hundred hertz, uh, I actually took a decent chunk out the top of my thumb. And I had a guy at my workshop and I turned around. I actually, it happened and there was like no pain and it was so fast. And it was like, Zook. and I, I pulled my thumb back and I turned around to tell the guy, fuck, that was close. And as I turned around and looked down and saw this stream of blood jettison out about two feet in front of me um, and like saw the, the tip of my fucking thumb bone exposed. <laughs> I was <Yeah>. like, <laughs> I went, oh, that's fucked. <laughs> and the guys turned around like, you know, Rob, Rob French, he's, he's gone. What's the whole fuck? He's like, where do I need to take you? So I said, let's quick turn off. The, I wrapped it up in paper towel, turn it off. I went down to the local clinic again. And I went up to the, to the counter and I said, oh, look, it's a pretty gruesome thing that I've done. I've removed a big chunk of the front of my thumb uh, on a grinder. And so they got me in straight away. And the nurse that came out to see me, she goes, oh, I recognised you as soon as I saw your Kevsford shirt. <laughs> what have you done this time? So That's great. I ate, a little bit of, I ate a little bit of humble pie and I said, oh, it's a lot worse than last time. So they took it off and, again, they're like, oh, you'll need to go to the hospital for that. Um, and, but then it was like, oh, can we take a few photos first? <laughs> so, and then you know it's bad when you get to the hospital and every step of the way you go through another nurse or doctor comes up and says, can I take a photo of that? And that's great. And you know, and, and you know, and you you're, know you're a knife maker when, when, uh, when you go to the emergency yeah. room and they know you want a first name basis. Yeah. No, well, yeah. I mean, this is a small Island we're on here, but they, they know me obviously. And, uh, they give me a, a, a shot there lately. Like, like I get these allergy shots cause I get real bad hay fever. Cause like I said, I, I grew up in row houses in, in a tiny room in front of a Nintendo. So I've never really been outside. So it turns out I've real bad hay fever, but I've been getting these allergy shots and they've been going great. But every so often the nurses miss a decimal point and give me a massive dose that they're not supposed to. <laughs> and, uh, so I go into anaphylactic shock and I swell up like a balloon. So one of the pre one of the latest times that happened to me, the second time, I was lying in the ER bed all swollen up, like barely able to breathe, and uh, things quite they shoot me up with epipens and stuff, and I'm lying there, and that's when one of the nurses comes over to me and she's like, I just wanted to say I loved you in that TV show. It was great. 
<laughs> and I thought that was I thought that was great. I was like, oh, thank, thank you. I say with a big, like swollen tongue, that's not able to breathe. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, and I just went back this morning. I was a little bit delayed this morning. I went back for another dressing change, and uh, you know, it's it's all good. It's coming along. Things grow back most of the time. You, you yeah, know, I know. Most I'm, of the time. The only complaint I have with one of mine is. The shoulder buttons on a PlayStation controller. I, I thought my hand was completely healed. And then I was in a friend's house and we were playing some video game. And I don't play video games that often. And he handed me the a PlayStation controller and it has these shoulder buttons. And I went to hit the shoulder buttons because that was part of the game. And I felt some gristly thing sliding over something it doesn't normally slide over. And that is like, um, it was very strange. But if that that's the only, because I thought I was perfect. But that's the only thing that I've noticed that's that's like weird. It's like, oh wow, I'm not as good at playing PlayStation games as I used to be. Um, that's <laughs> but that's the only thing, you know. <laughs> and it's funny, like the mindset that you go through when you have an injury, especially if you're a full-time maker like me. Um, yeah. I was I was calling people that I had to do um, courses with. Uh, I was calling them on my way to hospital. Uh, you know, with this blood pouring out of the tip of my thumb. I knew it was bad, and when they mentioned straight away, you're going to have to see a plastic surgeon, it's not good. So I'm ringing these people up and sending them emails along the lines of, oh, I've just had an incident with, you know, discovered that my uh, my grinder is tougher than my thumb. Um, do you mind if we delay your course? Worst case, uh, you know, I can give you a refund straight away if you don't want to wait. Um, <laughs> that's that mindset. you got blood pouring out, but you're still managing to type on your phone, um, explaining to people what you've just done, eating a little bit of humble pie along the way. Um, and then when I had, like I said, a uh, big shout out to Rob French also, sorry for uh, being so calm and and helpful in the in the healing process that day. But we also had the two of us in several of these waiting rooms in the hospital making the most bloody bizarre jokes out of this horrible situation. Um, so <laughs> there were some people in the waiting room Who in these fucking nutcases? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I know what you mean. Like, w w like whenever I have like a, a hospital visit level accident, that's like the very first thing I, I think of. It's like, oh god damn it, I fucking I've messed up the Patreon schedule. Like, I won't be able to get the video out in time now because god damn. Hey, <laughs> Ken. I'd send I'd, I'd send something to my mate saying who runs my website, just saying. Shut the fucking website down. Shut the fucking website down. <laughs> I need time to get my head around this. <laughs> and I had someone that day send me a message. Um, oh, I just went to book a course and your calendar's not available. So then I had to explain again. Uh, yeah, I'm currently in the hospital waiting to get an operation on my thumb, but I hope I'm back next month. <laughs> yeah, was, that the worst, was that the worst injury you had? Uh... I think I think in terms of like just gruesome factor, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like it was. Or was it, it the was scariest moment? Uh, probably, yeah. Look, in one way it wasn't, in one way it wasn't, because like I said, it just it just touched for you know a, a percentage of a second, and I literally turned around to say to Rob, you know, like, ha, that was lucky, and I realised. Uh, it wasn't really fucking lucky at all. 
Um, so yeah, it, to me, that was probably the one where I've, you know, done the most sort of damage in the shortest amount of time. Um, I mean, yeah, there was a lot of blood. There was a lot of, a lot of gore. Um, you know, it was kind of cool in a way, but um, I don't really want to repeat the situation again. You know, my scariest what? moments were actually both of them were misses. Like they, I didn't hurt myself bad. Was one of the first scary moment I had with knife making was, I'm at home, my wife is at home. Like kids, back then we had only one child, and I'm thinking like I looked at the blade that I was working on. The knife was finished, but all, all of a sudden, some of the like the blade is finished. I haven't put on the handle, but the spine had some rust. I'm like, it's alright. I'll just take the rest of the blade. I'll go on with my fine belts and I'll just polish the spine up. And that was the last time I wore, I didn't have goggles when I was operating the grinder. And back then it was a multi-tool. But what I didn't notice was my fine belt had a rip in it uh -huh. at, at the seam. And I'm in my 1.2 to 1.5 garden shed. I have no goggles on and it's a small area. And I just decided to polish the spine. But what happened was, the rip belt caught the blade, okay? So it spun the blade, it just grabbed the blade out of my hand, spun in the air, went up the ceiling, on the way down, it cut the cord, and the live cord fell between my, to the water bucket I had between my legs. Oh, like sparks <laughs> coming out. And I just like, the knife barely missed my nose. And I, I screamed. I skim, I'm like, I'm lucky that I didn't get chopped or get yeah, the and the live electric cable between, between my fucking legs. <laughs> All I kinds of sparks, <laughs> smokes and shit happening. And that was the closest I got ever to soiling my pants as a grown up. And wife is then out, she saw me. I'm, I'm like a ghost, I'm white. She's like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm okay, I'm sweating. Bro, I didn't, I didn't touch the grinder for like a week after that. And another, another second scare shit was once I'm like making Damascus and I feel like the, my, my uh, gas bottle is freezing up and I just, I got near my forge, I ducked down and my gas bottle is right underneath my forge and I just went to shake the gas bottle. But what I didn't notice was my back, my back was, I must have <laughs> moved the, no, I didn't burn, but what happened was like while I was, trying to fix the gas bottle, I must have touched the rebar. So when I finished with fixing the gas, I just like went back and all of a sudden I felt something very warm near my fucking ear. And what happened was the whole Damascus billet came out because it, with my back, I was touching the rebar that was holding the billet and the whole billet fell, just grazing, like almost grazing my ear and fell on the floor. Like all of a sudden I see a fucking giant piece of glowing Damascus billet and I feel like a little bit warmth near my hair. I mean, I didn't burn any hair, not that I have too much to begin with, but they were two of my scariest things. And yeah, I'm glad that I didn't hurt myself bad. I mean, I burned, I burned fingertips and I ground fingertips off, but those two were the closest I ever came to shit my pants in the working shop. <laughs> have oh, you seen yeah. that movie? Have you seen the movie Final Destination, Mert? Uh, parts and bits, parts and bits. I haven't seen for a long time, though. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't watch it, mate, because you'll never go in your workshop again. All right. <laughs> yeah, what about well, you, Corin? Oh, yeah, I've um, 
I just I don't even wear shoes in my workshop. I'm forever picking shit out of my feet. I've been to the doctor that many times to get stuff removed from my eyes. Um, and as uh, as recently, um, you know, Kev, Kev was at my place and we were etching some stainless Damascus, which I was doing in heated hydrochloric acid, which has got fumes coming out everywhere. And Kev's like, shouldn't you have PPE on? So I don't even have shoes, but whatever, I'll go and get some PPE. I couldn't find anything, so I got a plastic bag and put it over my head. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it, it helped against the fumes. But um, anyway, there's a photo on Instagram. I think it's on your page, Kev. Hashtag Bunnings picked it. <laughs> anyway. That's great. We put it up. Oh, it was. It's one of those things where you get those internet warriors and you, you put something up and we staged. We did actually stage this. Um, we were like, what's the worst thing we could do? And <laughs> he's got a pair of safety glasses over the top of the plastic bag, so he can't even see what he's doing. <laughs> and he's leaning over smoldering hydrochloric acid. <laughs> and so I take the photo and I put it on my page on my Instagram saying, you know, PPE, always remember to wear PPE. I loved, I loved And, and then I started, oh man, I started getting these people commenting on my Instagram page about, you know, how inappropriate that PPE, it's not safe to do it with a plastic bag. You need to do it with this. And it's like, oh, no shit. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> That's one of those times you go, ah, she'll be right, mate. She'll be right. <laughs> she'll be right, mate. She'll be right, yeah. mate. No, I love pictures of crappy PPE from the internet they're great like guys grinding with a plastic bag over there a clear plastic bag over the head or a guy welding with a cornflakes box with the box with a little slit cut on top of his head it was great like, i love crappy pp ah, yeah we'll have thing. to get you onto this I'll, I'll tag you on this photo of Corin. i'll find it it's, it's pretty funny i don't want to yeah. i don't want to bring down safety right because it's all important right but you are responsible for your own safety and frankly if you need some dickhead on Facebook to tell you that you should be wearing PPE, right, then you deserve to have something in your eye or lose your hearing. And you know what? I don't mind that. I don't have a problem with it. Put your picture up of you forging in bare feet with no PPE. But when something goes wrong, you've got to put a picture up on the internet. Sorry. You have to. We want to see, we want to see what happens. Yeah, no, even me, I, like, I don't mind having accidents. The only part of mind is like not having anything funny to show for it. Exactly, right? Yeah. I, I actually made that. Yeah, yeah. We've got a group down here called Australian Blacksmiths, Bladesmiths and Knife Makers Network, which is a bit of a mouthful. But anyway, um, the, there's only one rule there, which is don't be a dick. And if... Um, you know, and and that sounds like a pretty hard thing to. Sometimes, you, when you think about it, it could be hard to work out if someone's being a dick or not being a dick. But it's surprisingly easy. Anyway, the um, the so people used to get onto that group and say, "Oh, someone had put up a picture of them making something beautiful or doing something with their kids," you know. And the first comment would be, "Oh, should have safety glasses on." I got jack of it and had a rant about it, just saying basically what I just said because at the end of the day. It's not your business. They know they're supposed to wear safety glasses. It's their workshop. If they don't want to, let them. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Different. Yeah, like especially if it's an adult. Like yeah. the only the Di only person I would ever like remind to wear safety glasses is if sometimes a young young a very young guy will send me a picture of a thing he's working on, and it's like. Uh, you might want you might want to wear a pair of like glasses when you're doing like people ask like when a very young guy yeah, who's no, starting doing stuff sends me a message. 
I'll go, like, what's the best tool? To, what's the first tool I should buy? And I was like, well, if you don't have gloves and goggles and stuff, maybe get those first, yeah, you know? Right. But, like, yeah, but if... Uh, but like yeah, if it's an adult person, they they they're they're their own. They're doing their own thing. They don't need to, you know. <laughs> yeah, and we're we're all guilty of it at some stage or another. Especially if you are doing something on Facebook or YouTube or Instagram, and and you're staging something, there's every chance that you know you sit there with your safety glasses on top of your head, and you're like, oh, like you were saying, I'll just do a 10 second clip of me grinding a knife. And you've completely forgotten that you don't have your goggles on. But 99.9% of the other times, you know, you're absolutely 100% in terms of your PPE. And they're the times that bring you unstuck. And you're like, oh, yeah, for fuck's sake, if I hear another person telling me where my fucking glasses, I've got to draw for about 200 fucking pairs of the things. <laughs> today, I was filming, yeah, today I was trying to film the thing with the upside, the crazy upside down drill press with the, that I was using as a, like a, <laughs> and I was trying to make, the only thing I wanted to mention about it is if you're a guy with long hair and your hair is tied back and you have a crazy thing spinning, don't turn your back on it. And I just wanted to film a little thing mentioning not to turn your back. Like if you have a thing that's just sitting there spinning, waiting to suck you in, just if you have long hair, just don't turn your back on it. It's the easiest thing. It's easy rule. And, but I found the clip very hard to film without turning my back on it because I needed to get me and the thing in the shot. Like, and I was like, how can I film this? And it, like, I wound up filming it, but it was kind of garbagey because uh, my back was facing to the camera because I needed to have the thing in the, yeah. So that's the thing is like, um, if, if I, I, I was looking at, if I had just done the very first version of the clip, it would have been this jokey thing where, I did have my back facing to it, and I was like talking about not having my back facing to a thing that was just spinning uncontrollably in the background. The first, the first time I met um, Sausage Man, Jamie, um, was at Everly Works uh, last year. I went up, caught the bus up from Canberra um, up to Sydney. If they had a thing on Good Friday, Easter weekend, and I've met Jamie, and he wanted a bit of a hand. Uh, grinding his knife and Jamie like like yourself has a massive long beard and we went round to the grinder and I, I just still remember this vividly Jamie tucking his beard into his button-up shirt and doing up the buttons so that when he ground his knife his, his beard didn't catch fire yeah Jamie has a proper wizard beard as well like my one's not that long really like my my beard, no. I don't I don't trim it, and I don't know is it the sparks or whatever. But this like length I have is like the same length it's been for ages. And but yeah, no. like I can't imagine having a wizard beard and hanging around a belt sander. Like how it's worse. Ja Jamie's beard is not a wizard beard. It's actually a dwarven mining beard. <laughs> Lord <Yeah>. of Dreams. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, his beard, his beard caught, caught a fire a couple of weeks ago. He was a mashup. We were doing some semi. He, he got close to the fire. I'm like, Jamie, you might want to stay away, man. Like, all of a sudden, you see, like, his, his orange ginger beard is turning gray, like it's melting. <laughs> oh, that's funny. We, we lost some volume that day on his beard. Yeah, I'm sure it's already grown back. Yeah, all that all that time under all that time underground, counting his jewels and gold. <laughs> I'm wondering yeah. if he, if he's being burned more, 
like all of a sudden we'll see like a little ranch stuck stuck up there that he didn't notice. Yeah. Well, funny enough, one of the one of the most disturbing um, clips from your time here, Mike, was um, when you were eating that sausage that Sausage Man offered you, <laughs> and you you're just staring into the camera chewing, and it's like. Stop! It's disturbing me. <laughs> That's creepy enough. Thank you. Uh, look, I love creepy stuff. I love being creepy. Being creepy on the internet is one of my favorite things. Well, you've made yeah. a profession out of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's it. Most most of us here would likely end up in prison over that sort of stuff. But um, all right. Yeah. Um, hey, okay, so, you, you more... Oh, sorry, Kev. No, go for it, mate. You're up. I was just going to say, do we want to do a uh, go through and do a, just a quick round of shout-outs for um, for for a few of a few people this week? Yes, absolutely. Our bastard of the week category. <laughs> shout out! Shout out to the good bastards out there, <laughs> glorious bastards, the glorious bastards, yeah, you glorious bastards. So, Mike, is there is there anyone you'd like to give a shout out to and um, say hello to? Um, I reckon uh, there's a young fella called, uh, well, I guess he's not that young. He's just younger than me. He doesn't have a beard. Kyle O'Million, who made the knife that I'm giving away as the prize for the, the um, Photoshop contest thing I'm doing. He has a YouTube channel called KO Creations. And uh, yeah, I give a shout out to him. I've received a lot of very funny JPEGs as a result of his knife. Right. <laughs> Kev? Uh, oh, yeah, I, I wanted, I've already given a good shout out to, to Rob French, who um, I'm indebted to for his uh, first aid and, and calm way of helping out with my thumb. The other guy I want to give a, um, a shout out to is a guy, Isaac McIntosh. Um, he did a course at my place a while ago, and I just got this random uh, envelope on the doorstep delivered by Australia Post um, yesterday. And opened it up, and there was a there was a shirt that's in the mocking the the North Face emblem, and it just says "Make everything." And and the North Face emblem is like a, a saw blade. Um, and he he put in this note that he was pa he was on passing it on to me because um, they got the sizing wrong for him. And in his words, I was the only big bastard that he thought it would fit. So he's he's sent this thing to me, and I just had a real good crack up uh, about the fact that it had this um, saw blade on there, and I've recently had to get my thumb all stitched up together. So uh, I want to give a big shout out to Isaac uh, McIntosh for um, that generosity. Uh, it was really well well, well received. Thanks, mate. Matt. All right. Uh, last week when I posted the picture of you, Kev, under the table with Henning. Wilkinson pointing out to you, like kind of like, yeah. what the fuck are you doing, Kev? I I asked people on Instagram the same best best caption is going to win a shout out. I mean, we had multiple people entering. I want to thank them all, but I think the best caption was from Gino Garage 23. This one time at Blade, Kev. Oh. With many mentions, so I'm just going to give my honorable mention, but the best one goes to Gino Garage. Yeah, that Yeno, Yeno, Yeno is actually 
um, a friend of mine in Canberra, and and yeah, he's a little bit, he's a little, well, as most of my friends are, um, a bit of a twisted sort of deviant. So I'll, I'll give him a shout out for that too. So get on, to, right. the, get on re- to the knife making podcast Instagram page, everybody listening to this. Make sure you're following us. There's heaps of stuff going on there. Uh, also the Facebook page and make sure you have a look at those comments and you can, it's not too late to put something on there if you find, think of something good. Yeah, and if anyone ever wants, I can tell you the actual truth behind that story. But sometimes the stories are better than the truth, so we might just let that one ride. Yeah, you, re- you remember the actual story? You can oh, you can oh, handle maybe. your drink, my friend. <laughs> I took oh, the, I took the early, photo. Mate. I took the photo and have no freaking idea what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> that was only early. That was like two in the morning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, and um, we want to thank Mike for doing the interview with us. Yeah, I'll just quick shout out for Matt Newburn, who I just had lunch with a few minutes ago from Everly Works, uh, with whose help, uh, with whom, and whose help uh, we brought uh, Michael out to run the class and and to be a part of everything. So I'm just going to shout out Matty Newburn from Everly Works. If you're in Sydney, you want to do a course in blacksmithing and knife making and all the things that Everly offers, do drop in and see him. Uh, get onto their website and check it out. Yeah, does does make a good hammer. Makes an awesome hammer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I said I'm still recovering, but yeah, all of that Australia business was great. My, yeah, thanks my, to I, everyone who helped that happen. It was nuts. It was uh it was ridiculous. Not a thing I expected. It was not a thing I expected to happen. What ever. was what was ridiculous, and you come back to you in a second, Mike. Stop hogging hogging the microphone. No, seriously. Um what <laughs> what what was ridiculous was that you came out like you landed, you ran straight into the course, you did the show and you went home. You didn't stay. No. <laughs> yeah. But my usual pace, I got two days off in there, which is like w- way more than I normally. Like I, I work for myself, so I get this hard pick my own hours. But, you know, like you always have the feeling that you're supposed to be doing something else. So it was great being stuck in uh, the other, other side of the planet. It was like, oh, I couldn't do much work. Even if I felt like it, this is. Um, but yeah, no, it was it was. I I, I enjoyed it. Um, yeah, it was a nutty turnaround, but I couldn't because because I'm locked into this Patreon thing. I couldn't. I physically couldn't have taken much more time off. So I, I it was still. It was even though it was short. It was a lot of fun. I, mm. I liked it a lot. Well, thank you very much for coming out. Thank you for mentioning us on your. Uh on your YouTube channel and, and the show because, you know, it means a lot. That show is run by not, a not-for-profit association, um, predominantly run by volunteers. We have a employee now, but predominantly run by volunteers, funded by the Australian knife-making industry. And it's just really, really good of you to, uh, to take up the offer to come out and to, um, to give us the promotion you have. It's really, really very appreciated. Thank you. Thanks, yeah. man. Yeah, absolutely. I can only reflect the exact same stuff that... Uh, Corinne's just said it. it was good fun having you out. Um, and yeah, what can we say? We 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 look forward to getting you out again one day. So, yeah, I know. My kids are very jealous. So if I go, if I come over again, I may have to figure out some way to bring them across too. Um, but I'm like, oh boy, because if they come across, they're not going to want to do the quick turnaround thing, and then it spirals out of control. <laughs> Yeah, that's what yeah. you got to bring the family, man. you got to bring the kids and yeah. take the zoo, show them kangaroo or drop bear. Yep. We can Get we them. can help with all of that. I've got to yep. – now, 
if you listen to the last week's podcast, uh, we can take you up in the mountains and get you lost like that. So, um, nice. No, you missed get out. Get savaged by a bunyip. Well, yeah, drop bears. Bunyips are fictional. Um, <laughs> yeah, a, a prerequisite, a prerequisite of Corrin's tour through the canyons is we make you watch the movie 127 hours and we give you a blunt pocket knife. One of my favorite little short, funny things on the internet was like five second films did 127 hours type thing where the guy <laughs> is like, he's like, it's, you know, shows him like sawing off the arm and he's like, ah, 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 and then he finally solved it off. And then the camera pans out and he sawed off the wrong arm. <laughs> 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 oh that's awesome well yeah thanks for thanks for that mike um there's a, a short uh i think there's a youtube interview of mike at the show there by toby Murrell. i'll slip that in um that you can go out and look for as well and um yeah look it's just yeah just appreciate it mate thanks for being so generous with your time and and um, um visiting your fans down under Sure. And like I said, let me know when this thing is live and I'll try to spread it around on my stuff as well. Oh, we'd really appreciate it because you have, yeah. you have, uh, I think I have three followers of the podcast now and you, <laughs> I just think, I just think we, we might be able to do a little bit better. This is our fourth sure. episode. <laughs> we'll see how oh, we go. Oh, oh, normally when you have podcasters, I mean, we're all like podcasters secondary. They, they, they do the thing where they mention all of their podcasts. I'm about to have a podcast. It's, we've recorded three episodes so far, but it hasn't been live. It's and but it's, it's like totally a side project I just do for fun. It's called the Shit Show, and we watch garbage horror movies and talk about them. That's awesome. <laughs> so so keep an eye out, our listeners. Keep an eye out for that and go and follow Mike. We'll give him his first three followers. And um, yeah, the uh, yeah uh, yeah look. <laughs> Recording. We've we've just been there. We've we literally went live on yeah yesterday. I think it was with our first uh, with our first published podcast that wasn't on YouTube. Oh wow! Cool. So yeah, yeah well, yeah. It's, oh yeah, it's this... Corin, Corin, We need to Corin, We need to actually uh, emphasize that to people that we're now available through iTunes, um, and we're going to work our way to other other platforms too. It, it's a it's a, oh, it's a wow. work in progress, I mean... Kev. It's a work in progress. I might, oh, I, might book, I might bug you about how to get on uh, iTunes because I, I I was like oh geez we we, we kind of need we need we need to do my understanding is getting on iTunes is a nightmare isn't it? Well, I can't. They said you can't have dead airtime. Our first episode is full of dead airtime, followed followed by us pissing ourselves laughing. So I. I'm not sure how it'll go. Uh, we haven't actually got on to iTunes yet. All I've done is paid to have uh, to have us hosted on uh, Podbean, so you can listen to us on Podbean, which gives us an RSS feed, whatever that is. But apparently, that's what you need to get on iTunes, which I've submitted to iTunes. But uh, I don't think we're on iTunes as of yet. Okay. But we're on Pod. But we're on Podbean. We're on Podbean, and from that RSS feed, we should be able to go on anything if somebody knows how to put us on anything. Uh, we'll happily get on anything. <laughs> yeah, I, I just I love the fact that I used to work um, in the IT industry as a systems administrator for 17 years, and when I left that life, I have completely and absolutely, you know, with the exception of my mobile phone, in most circumstances, rejected technology. 
And <laughs> I, I can honestly say now, I have no if no idea how to do this stuff, but someone out there does, and we want your help. We have a we have a young yeah. fella here called Tim Ford, who you, the knife makers will know, um, who works for Gamaco now. And uh, yeah, I get him to bloody fix my desk phone and stuff. I can't use any of it. So just, Tim, get over here, fix this. He comes over and it works again. Kids, you just got to ask a kid. Yeah, no, I used to think of myself as like relatively tech savvy, or at least at least like social media savvy, like like use. But like I've gotten totally. I don't have a smartphone. I stopped interacting with technology when it went kind of touch screeny because I didn't I didn't like it. It's like I like buttons that I can touch. I don't like touch screens, and so. Like I have an Instagram account, but I only barely know how to use it because I don't have a phone. Um, it's very hard to use Instagram if you don't have a phone, and um, so it's it's weird. Like like people expect me like because of being on YouTube and stuff to be a little bit more tech savvy than I am. But it's like I, I know how to work a camera and I know how to edit the footage together. But like I have no idea what Snapchat is. I'm never going to use Snapchat. <laughs> and you're a demon yeah. with a with an angle grinder. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, we've been. Going now for an hour and a half, so probably time we wrapped up. Yeah. I, I appreciate sure, your you. time, Mike. Yeah. Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, no, no worries. And I'll send you, uh, I'll hit stop on this other record and I'll, I'll Dropbox you a link to the file. The file will have a lot of dead air in it because uh, obviously I wasn't talking. When, but if you just sync it up with the part at the start when, uh, when we were talking, like if you sync it up once, I don't know how you edit this, then the rest of it should be fine. Mike, um, Mike, but... you have so much faith in our technical ability. <laughs> <laughs> She'll be right, Mike. She'll be, She'll right, be right, Mike. She'll be right. <laughs> okay, guys. Okay. Thanks for coming, man. Thank hey, you. Thanks, Take mate. care, mate. All right. See you guys. Bye, bye. 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 See you, everybody. Thank you for listening. Yeah, thanks, everyone. We'll, uh, we'll catch you on the next round of Knife Making Down Under podcast. Um, we have no idea at the moment how we're going to top our last two podcasts with the with the other people on there. It might just be back to the three of us regulars, um, but but we'll work on that. Should be right. Should be right. And I'll be I'll be attaching the links that you can follow this episode. Awesome. Awesome. And I'm. Bye, guys. Okay, guys. Take care, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.